Is this the bit? No. <laughs> we have a better bit. No. Okay. Oh, jeez. Okay. You tell me when I'm ready. It's recording. Oh, it's recording. Well, hello there. Welcome to Late to the Podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Late to the Podcast? I don't know. I was panicked. <laughs> um, all right. So since you have started this podcast, we've been talking about t-shirts. Since you have started this podcast, I think I have asked you for a t-shirt. Then we went to a party and I was very blessed to get a t-shirt. And I just I just feel like we need a big reveal here. Move that bus. Whoa. Move Whoa. that bus. Whoa. Wow. So if you guys are looking for t-shirts with this awesome cool logo. It does look good on black too. Is it, is it, it looks so good. Is the website Teespring? Uh, Shameless plug. No, it's tpublic.com, and you can just search late to the movies in their search bar there, and it Lin- should pop up. You're, you're, you're too much of a teacher. I think you're thinking of school spring. Yeah, school spring. Um, <laughs> it looks great. It looks awesome, dude. I've been wearing oh, yeah. it all day. I've gotten a lot of compliments on it, actually. From oh, me. dope. Just from Kyle. Just from, from Kyle. Me. This is yeah, the I've first been time I've been Lindsay did miss a piece of the bit. We went to a Halloween party where Ben originally revealed the shirt, and someone at the yeah. party said that he should have got hired a bus and said, move that bus, move that bus, and then it would have been Ben behind the bus with the T-shirt. And I, I think I, I still take offense that it was implied you need a whole bus to hide me, but... I, I, I don't think <laughs> He said was... it to Lindsay, too. I was going to ask how she felt about being called a bus. So. I felt great. I felt like a bus is just, you know, just big enough to cover my ego. Well, there you go. <laughs> of course... Extreme uh, makeover home edition. Never been hotter of a reference right now. So everyone understood. <laughs> so I um I just wanted to let you know that I am a better employee than Robbie. Well, that's a better that's a better start than most. So we'll, we'll go with a guest always has to be wearing a t shirt. I don't know how to start yet, but we'll go with that. Or welcome to late to the movies. I'm I'm Ben Holt, and uh, this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots every week. We'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hasn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, the movie is 1998's The Wedding Singer. New people are Robbie. Robbie's here again. How's it going, Robbie? Not too bad. And then uh, returning from the second Late to the Movies episode ever, that was the Miss Congeniality episode, it's Kyle, who has seen this movie before, and Lindsay, who has not. How are you doing, guys? Good. And I love Adam Sandler. Mm. Good. And I hate Adam Sandler. Yeah. So we got we got a little yin and yang today. Got an odd couple situation. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will get into the depths of our love or hate for Adam Sandler. But first, we like to start by talking about just what you guys have been watching lately. So has anyone watched anything good? It can be TV, movies, Encanto. music videos, Encanto. So you checked out that's on uh, Disney Plus now as you're listening to this. What do you think? Um, that movie is hype. It's 12 times more hype as an adult. <laughs> I have been singing about Bruno for the past 28 I know, hours. I know we don't talk about him. We don't talk about him, but we do. We do. So Kyle is actually halfway through it right now. We had a pause to pick you up and head over here, but uh, sorry, he doesn't, he doesn't know about Bruno yet, but he will tonight. <laughs> Sounds like a threat. Are you enjoying the first half you've watched so uh, far? The first half's not bad. I'm excited to see see the second half, see what happens. Big big year for Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did the music for that, and obviously the original In the Heights that got adapted to a movie earlier, and then his directorial debut with Tick, Tick, Boom, which is also on Netflix now. Uh, yeah, a lot of Lin-Manuel Miranda going around, but um, I don't know. I also love Stephanie Beatrice, and she's yeah. the lead in that, I yeah. think. But she's she's not doing her several octaves down vo- voice though. I don't think. No, I, I don't know about. I follow her on Instagram, so it was really shocking to hear her like regular, not Rosa Diaz voice. Um, I will say with Encanto and uh, you know, 
the Hamilton. I if you have not watched it and you have seen Hamilton, there are some really awesome like little Easter eggs that reference um, Hamilton in it. Um, so I definitely recommend it. Very cool. I saw some. Yeah, I saw something fun on um, Twitter that was Disney put out like a recipe for I don't want to butcher the name, but the sort of like cheese ball fritters. Oh, the healing, the healing snack. Yeah. So they put out like a recipe like, oh, you make these at home. And then like actual Latin American people all responded like, hey, don't make these. They will explode (laughs) in your face if you don't know know what you're doing. Uh, this recipe is notorious for if you don't know what you're doing, if you get like the mixture wrong, it will explode in your face. So maybe yeah, PSA, don't make what Disney told you to make. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I was like, just make tamales instead. It. it won't kill you. Disney told me to do it. And I, I have trust in Walt Disney, so I'm just going to do it anyway. We asked the three people yeah. with Spanish friends what they should make. And we said this thing. Well, <laughs> you know, Disney World and Land notoriously continue to raise their prices because they don't want more people. They just want the people that are already there to spend more money. So this is... Is an extreme version of them not wanting more people to come is now you'll be covered in like third degree burns from cheese. I will say though, I do love cheese. <laughs> no matter how expensive the tickets are, you will definitely find myself in Disneyland yeah. till I am at least 42. <laughs> That's the cutoff age. You're not allowed in Disney after this. Is, is, I was going to say like 43 to like no more Disney. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. 43 is a tough year. I feel like then yeah, you're like... That's, that's when you turn to universe. Your body starts breaking down. You know, like you can't really <laughs> hang out on the rides as long. Maybe that's Space sad. Mountain could like cause like some spinal damage. We've got 12 good years left. <laughs> yes. we got time. It's okay. Oh, man. 43, flash- you're dead. <laughs> Flashbacks to like the Blade Runner episode. Yeah. I'll be like a middle-aged guy trying to like just dying on the platform to space bow and saying, I've seen things you guys wouldn't believe. <laughs> I feel like at 42, 43 years old, like then you, it's like unacceptable to be there by yourself. Like you need a smaller human with you. And like, that's what we were talking about. Cause we went to go see sing two recently. And I was like, I don't know. At 25 years old, I feel really uncomfortable seeing this by myself. I need to bring a young child with me. And we did. <laughs> we did. We, brought we went on the street and we were like, does anybody want to see sing too? We didn't bring we didn't bring random children. We brought my nephews. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> Let's this clarify that. Is get well. like DCYF called on it between <laughs> Greg's like killing squirrels joke and you two stealing kids. So sing two, a children's movie in the year 2022 that like revolves around a U2 song. If the trailers are to be believed, Bono is in it. Bono is in the movie. Well, kids love Bono. <laughs> yeah, kids love Bono. Everybody loves Bono. So. It's their first words. Bono, Bono, yeah, Bono. Anyway, that's more YouTube than we need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, what have I watched recently? So I cut out almost everything from the last episode where I was talking about my favorite movies of the year because it was just too much. So real quick, I'll say, I think since the last time I said what I've watched, I've watched Lakers Pizza and Nightmare Alley and Being the Ricardos as far as stuff that might get some awards attention. Uh, I like them in that order uh, from best to worst. Uh, there's a huge drop off between the first two and being the Ricardos, oh, okay. Okay. which will probably, which might get the most Oscar nominations of the three and was something I did not enjoy at all. So there you go. Either Lindsay or Robbie, who wants to do a one minute recap of the plot. Robbie's gotten really good at these, but he's also done the only two so far. <laughs> Are you going to time me? Well, do you want me to? Kyle just, just pointed to me, you? so I feel obligated. Yeah. Oh, all right, do you, ready? Do you have a stopwatch? I, yeah, I can. I can okay. I can I'm nervous. Ready? We're going in five, four, three, two, 
one, go. So you have this wedding singer and he sings at a bunch of weddings and he dates kind of like this girl who looks like trash and then she ends up being trash and he breaks up with her and they were going to get married. So then he doesn't want to be a wedding singer and he sings for a bunch of bat mitzvahs and then he falls in love with this girl who's working there who is actually dating a total douche beep and in the end, it turns out that they end up falling for each other while they were planning for her wedding and then they actually get married instead and both of them end up dumping their you know, bad exes. Pretty much, yeah. That was 31 seconds. Well, My heart's racing. <laughs> it's a rom-com, so that's that's good, yeah. I was going to say, if you needed more than a minute, it would be like, oh, I don't know. But 31 seconds, I think, well done. Nice. Good job. Snaps all around. Um, so The Wedding Singer came out in 1998, but set in 1985, which is important to note if you're wondering why everyone's hair looks like that. Uh, I did, yes, I did. I was like, this does not feel like the 90s. I, I don't know what they're going for, but... Uh, well, they're going for 1985. That makes a lot more sense. To, to like, different extents, they use 1985 as a punching bag throughout um, just to make fun of stuff from the 80s. Oh, my God, the Almost new Coke all, bit. I was like, yes. this is gold. This yeah. is gold. Almost all low-hanging fruit. Some of it works better than other things, though. Um, you don't like Adam Sandler, so let's talk about that, actually. <laughs> No, I don't like Adam Sandler. So the first few movies I've seen with him in it were like Grown Ups and, you know, like that's just like his character is this dad character. His character is like this dad character. He's ugly and that's like the punchline. And I just felt like Adam Sandler, like, am I wrong? (laughs) I I I like the idea that Adam Sandler is some sort of like silent clown that like walks into some business and they go, get out of here, you're ugly. And everyone laughs. Like that's literally what happens though. And then he like wants to date this girl and like he's a dad. I don't know. It's just like the same role for me. So like I just never found him funny. I also never found him attractive. So like those two things don't work together. I didn't really want to watch it. I don't think Adam Sandler ever tries to sell himself as attractive, though. I think I think he knows his his role, and I think I think he sticks with that. I don't think he's ever like I'm this macho, handsome man, except for in um, don't mess with the the Zoltan. Oh jeez, the Zohan, Zohan. Don't mess with the Zohan. Then in that movie, he's like I'm a handsome man. Yeah, but, but he was and, a hairdresser. Yeah, so. <laughs> in every other movie, I feel like he plays this role like I'm Adam Sandler, and this is who I am. I don't know. I just. I don't think it's funny. It doesn't really make me laugh that much. You did and give yeah. this movie. I did ask her for a rating as soon as the movie was done. And she wait said, for the end. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I'm going to hold her the to suspense. that rating. I'm going to hold the her suspense. to that rating. If, if we give mind. out the ratings now, everyone will turn off the episode. <laughs> I'll have terrible metrics. I'll never wonder why I actually hate Adam Sandler. do that through a button. Like, yeah. just have a wait till the end button. It would be great. Yeah, I'm going to keep true. saying that yeah. throughout the podcast, too. So keep keep saying that every time I bring no. it up. And Lindsay brought up this rating. Wait till the end. Just diving between your words in the microphone. No. I will say for somebody who has not enjoyed Adam Sandler as a performer, sorry, Adam Sandler, not sorry. I think that this was probably the best movie you could have given me out of the ones that I've seen of him so far. One I've never seen. It's like I didn't have a prejudged. Well, I did, but like didn't at the same time have a prejudged opinion of the movie. But I also felt like I really like romantic comedies. I... Thoroughly like enjoyed like the plot line and the storyline, but I just felt like there were some things done that I was just like, mm, nope. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, what what do you, what's your all's take on Adam Sandler? I think that's a good place to start. I love Adam Sandler. There is yeah. very few movies from Adam Sandler that I'm like, I do not want to watch that. And I think I think we can name a few that that we know are just stinkers of movies that are generally known to most as. 
I'm not going to watch that movie because it's really, really bad. But for the most part, with Adam Sandler movies, I really, really enjoy them. I like them and I appreciate them. And I feel like I liked them a lot more when I was younger. And to to the point of like, I don't think Adam Sandler is trying to be anything more than like a glorified fart joke for an hour and a half minutes. Fart joke isn't fair either, but it's just very slat sticky. But um, I, I still have a good time watching watching his stuff. I enjoyed this a lot more than I think any of the other Adam Sandler movies I've seen. Um, I just had a good time watching it. I thought from a rom-com perspective, it had me laughing like the majority of the time. I was very surprised like just how silly and just fun I had while I watched the movie. Yeah, I agree. I definitely laughed a couple bits throughout the movie, but they weren't so much of like things that Adam Sandler said or did that I think were intended to be funny. It was more like the other characters, the supporting characters. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. But it wasn't necessarily something Adam Sandler said or did. That was part of the pick too, Robbie, was I was trying to pick a movie for Lindsay that would introduce her well to Adam Sandler Mm. because she came in with this notion of, I hate Adam Sandler. I don't think he's funny. So I looked at his list of movies and I said, I think if we're going to start to try and change that opinion of her, The Wedding Singer is a good place to start. Well, this is where I started talking before we were recording, but I feel like Adam Sandler got done wrong in, in Hollywood and he's a smart guy. So he does what makes him money and his other movies made him money. But this feels like he actually had like an artistic direction and like there was a, a good plot. I, I don't know. It just, it feels like he could have done a little bit more of serious stuff. And I guess he's starting to do that. I should probably go and give, um, Uncut Gems uh, a shot. I've I think you would really, really like that movie. I think that's a, a movie you would really enjoy. I think one thing that bothers me about him is that it's it's literally the same voice, like the same style, like the same character. So I just like that just bothers me. There's no versatility. It's the same punchlines, the same characters, the same way he delivers his lines. I feel like you could pick two different movies and put them next to this movie and watch how he delivers the lines, and it's the exact same. So I'm like, was there a character direction, or is this just Adam Sandler? Yeah, I think that's that's a little unfair, because the, the movies he does around this are, um, this is a year after Happy Gilmore, and a year before, no, the same year as The Water Boy, and he, he is doing a pretty different voice, especially in The Water Boy. That's true. Um, but yeah, that's, so like a lot of people, I think a lot of this is also age range, right? We're, we're 30, you're what, 29? Yeah, I'm turning 30 in a month. Turning 30 a month, 30 yeah, in a welcome month. to the club. So and you're five years younger than us, basically. I thought you were going to say I'm five years old. <laughs> and you're five years older. Than <laughs> I was like, wow. And this is a random five-year-old we found on the street. So <laughs> we brought them to sing too. <laughs> so for us, the Adam Sandler movies were hitting when we were like single digits, but old enough to be like, our mom doesn't want us to see that. I really want to see that. Exactly. And for it to hit like right in the exact spot, the same way that like South Park probably hit us when we were eight or nine years old. Couldn't watch it. I didn't watch South Park till I was like 19. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you're always like, I want to watch that. I did. Same same thing with Adam Sandler. But uh, my mom hates Adam Sandler. I think a lot of people's moms do. So some of it is the age range. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, So I think some of it's the age range. And I think some of it is just like being like a literal child boy also Mm -hmm. helps. Like an appreciation for Adam Sandler. I can see why I would have missed The Wedding Singer too, because that definitely wasn't one at that age. We would have been like, our parents would have been like, oh yeah, you can watch The Wedding Singer. Like, yeah, I don't no, want to no. watch that one then. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, so um, Wedding Singer comes at an interesting time for him because it's just before he starts Happy Madison Productions up and he basically produces all his other movies for mostly the rest of his career, unless it's someone else's movie. Speaking of 
you know, serious things. In 2002, he makes Punch Drunk Love, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Paul Thomas Anderson also made Licorice Pizza, which I just mentioned is one of my two or three favorite movies of the year for 2021. Uh, that's another one to check out on your, yeah, it's not, <laughs> Uncut Gems is very stressful. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, not not quite as stressful. It's still a drama D. It's, com- it's comic drama. Yeah. It's interesting. Sandler, I think, is really good in that, too. So before we jump too much in the movie, I'm curious, how many Adam Sandler movies have we all seen? Like, can we pull up a list right now and count? So there's 74 feature films. Oh, oh uh, that's too long. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get through all of it. So the, so the thing with Sandler is because he starts, obviously, comes into most public uh, consciousness as an SNL guy, he pops up in just other SNL movies. So he's in... Coneheads a little bit, oh, you know. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's just like around in a few movies, and then Billy Madison's ninety five, and then he's basically the guy. You gotcha. know. Um, it's interesting you say the studio started after this because I was gonna say I noticed the cast of this movie is very largely like the cast of Grandma's Boy, and a lot of that cast doesn't stick with him. Yeah, throughout the. Yeah, you know, so some of them stay off. So his best friend in this movie is played by Alan Covert, who's the star of Grandma's Boy. Uh, and he's still with Happy Madison, mostly as a producer now. Oh, okay. Um, so Covert's still in there. Uh, Robert Schmeigel pops up as the creepy chef yep. towards the beginning. And he's also like a behind the scenes Happy Madison oh, guy okay. too. Is that why I don't see him? Are they more b- behind the scenes people now? Uh, Covert is now. He's he's gotten a lot older. So even though he looks basically the same in Grandma's Boy as he does in this, because his hair is so bad in this movie. Got it. Um, so there's the guy that plays Dante is in it too, and so is Mr. Kovacs, the the banker, the businessman banker guy mm-hmm. is like his Miss Don che- Mr. Cheadle from the, and then his drug dealer is in there too. But I haven't seen them in any other Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, I think it's it's just like a Happy Madison thing. So there's it's just all guys that Sandler works with is. More almost more than any other main like movie star of the last couple decades, he has his guys mm. and he works with his guys. And you see, yeah, like Alan Covert and uh Smigel in this one. Buscemi pops up at the beginning and the very end. Yep. Obviously, Buscemi's in other Sandler movies too. I do love the plot twist for Buscemi. Yes. From beginning to end. The character the character development. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I can talk about it when we get there. It's almost like a Twilight Zone thing. Like, uh, now you're the wedding singer. I don't know. Like someone someone catches being the wedding singer. In I don't the know. the sequel, the kid that was throwing up is now the wedding singer. Yeah. Good next time. Yeah, so we're probably remiss to have gone this long, even though it's only about, you know, 10, 15 minutes into the episode and not mention Drew Barrymore is in this movie, too. One of the first of, I think, three movies that Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler make together. Did they date in real life? I don't think they did. The the on-screen chemistry, though. They have such good on-screen chemistry, like, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it's... um, Printernet. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, Drew Barrymore is just so good, and she's doing like Sandler's kind of doing his thing, but a little dialed back. She's kind of doing her thing, but also like a little bit dialed back too. But I mean, the the only thing with that is you don't. She she's just seems like the best person in this movie, and she has supposedly has been with Glenn for four years. I could not, and like <laughs> even at the end when it came down to the binary decision of like, well, he's with his ex, so I'm gonna go marry Glenn now. And it's like, no, 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 no. you already realize you don't love Glenn. What, what, what? Yeah, 
the answer right now is no to either of them. Like, yeah, it's not just, go to Vegas. That's that's like my, my one kind of qualm with it. But I mean, you need it to exist for it to be a romantic comedy. The kind of like the sort of miscommunications that happen at the 11th hour that keep them apart right until the end. Right. Yeah. I think like things like that kept happening in the movie. And I was just like, wow, this what? Nope. Nope. I think I think that. it was just like nope. one too many. Like yeah. he he happens to see her through the window at just the wrong moment and is like, she's too happy, so I'm not going to tell her how I yeah. feel. Right at that point, I wrote like, the timing okay. of this movie, Jesus Christ. It's like, I know it's a romantic comedy, but like, I don't know about that one. I felt like there was too many like of those moments. Like the window yeah. one I liked. I was like, okay, that was iconic. Great, great job. Great work. And then it like happened again in the morning. With right, yeah. And I was like, okay, we've already had this happen once. Like, can we just move on? That one bothered me too, because it felt like a serious, like when he, she brought the, the monogram, like songwriting pages and he was obviously like in a bad mood. I feel like it was her responsibility to kind of approach that situation from like a, hey, I know you got a real shitty conversation from my friend, but let me explain before you blow up. I don't know. But again, it's it's the movie. Time. And again, like that whole scene, I mean, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead. That whole scene with like that plot of him going to the bank and trying to get, I was like, why? Why? Hold up. You know, she's unhappy. You know that this is not what you, like, I don't care even if you thought the slightest bit, why the heck would you with no qualified skills drive all the way to New York to be just like Glenn, who she doesn't want to clearly be like, I was just like, be what? Because he, <clears throat> he put the pieces together as, okay, he's a piece of shit. Yes. But what does he have? He has security. I need to go get security. So get security as a sing. Like go go back to wedding singing. Get there every week. Like why did we go to be a banker? Like well, I think because everyone keeps telling him like, oh, no one will ever be with a wedding singer. And, and a, I mean, this is back at a time where like being in a band at all it, that just wasn't a serious. Why did he not just drive down to the gas station and be like, hey guys, you hiring? Like why did we go to the I same think bank? That's worse. I think that's a, a <laughs> yeah. But yeah. this was also right after her. This was right after her sister told him she's with Glenn basically for his money. Yeah. So he needs a job that's going to pay him a lot of money. So who has a lot of money? The bank. It seems like nobody in this movie knows why she's with Glenn and everyone just assumes like, oh, it's because he's rich. Yeah. I don't even think yeah. she knew why she was I don't with even, Glenn. Yeah, I think I don't even think she knew. Like, I honestly didn't even know. And I was yeah, like, I don't oh, know. Does she ever articulate? I think it was just a comfort thing. I think she's like, I've been with him for four years, so it's time to get married now. And it's kind of the same <laughs> it's way. time now. It's kind of the same way Glenn looked at it. She put in her dues and, well, and is can, what Glenn said. You and can see, see it with her mom, too. Her mom said the same exact thing about her father. And it was like, but I should have ran away from that situation. It'll be different with you, though. So she's probably been getting that same message her whole life from her mom. And There comes a time, I think, too, like you kind of stay with somebody for so long that it's like, it doesn't even matter what it's like. It's just that this is the normal. So you just stay. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the kind of situation she was in. And I was saying this to Kyle. I was like, oof, this movie kind of hit a little too close to home because of some experiences I have had. Um, definitely nothing close to getting married, thank God. But I was like, oh, I can definitely understand her character point of view. Is like, she's like, I don't really know why I'm here, but I'm here. Mm. Yeah, I think that's 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 pretty fair. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it it does seem kind of weird, but beyond the story stuff, I just think Drew Barrymore is just so awesome in this movie. She's yeah. just like a yeah. a perfect kind of uh, luminous person. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, and their chemistry is weird. It's weird because all of the stuff we were talking about with Adam Sandler, it's hard to make 
it believable that someone would fall in love with him. <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> not as like an insult, but just because of his sort of comic I think that's persona. The Adam Sandler joke I've ever heard. Wait, hold on, that was great. Say it again. You know what I mean? Like just because of his comic persona and him doing the like, even in this, even though he's not doing like the Water Boy and like Hubie Halloween voice, he's still doing the car rah, 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 yelling thing and, and yeah. still like that you actually buy it talks like the, this yeah. <laughs> you do like a, buy their relationship they it's do still a kind close of up of his facial acting at one point and i think that was the one part part where i was like all right we could have dialed up back the uh adam sandler a little bit here was that at but the bar i think that was at yeah, the bar where he was like twitching the face a bunch and i was just like oh, is this little nicky now what happened yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i i th- you know, just to paraphrase, anytime Drew Barrymore is not on screen, I'm like, you know, Drew Barrymore should be in this scene. It'd be, it'd be better just because, like, the way it's it's so cool in this that they have a kind of relationship that he he's doing a thing. And unlike a different rom-com where she would just sort of be like, oh, you know, kind of bouncing off of it or whatever, she just sort of goes with whatever he's doing in like a really cool way that you're like, oh, I can see why these people would connect. Yeah. I will say, though, uh, overall of the movie, there are so many things that are said or done that would not fly in today's world. Yeah, especially at the beginning. Today's society. Yeah, when as soon as the movie started, I was like, okay, we're going to see this. We're going to try and like Adam Sandler. I'm going to start with a clean slate. And then oh, like the first two minutes in, I was like, are you serious, Kyle? We're watching this? <laughs> I was, I was, my first yeah. thought was like, okay, how transphobic are we going to get here? <laughs> well, not only that, and then it's like how like aggressive are we going to yeah. be towards females like i was like females, wow, what is happening a lot of fat jokes straight off the bat um and it's interesting because it's 1998 making fun of the 80s yes plus another 24 years now that we're watching this movie yeah. so it's I, I think it held up really well i loved george's uh story arc in it i was really pumped about that i thought it was hilarious when like the people were getting upset and he's like he's gonna learn another song yeah. like, he absolutely <laughs> has to learn another song like yeah. what are you doing yeah the george thing's interesting because i mean he keeps singing boy george songs he only knows do you really want to hurt me and his name's George, but he definitely looks a little more like, especially his hair looks a little more like the guy from Dead or Alive. And the first song in the movie is a Dead or Alive song, uh, You Spin Me Round. Obviously, just a, a total banger. But um, I, it's funny. He's kind of like an amalgamation of the two because even in that video for Dead or Alive, the, di- the guy's not wearing as much makeup. It's more like a Boy George thing at that time. I don't know. It's weird. And those two guys were kind of like rivals. It's just funny that Britain had enough of uh, of whatever state their music industry was in to support a feud between two like cross-dressing pop stars. I I like th- that thought was heavily in my head because I think Eddie Izzard comes out around then too. Such, so. such a weird period of time where you could get away looking and dressing like that and not only be not perceived as gay, but be perceived as like sex icons. Like people lost their shit over uh, Billy Idol and, and stuff like that. Uh, which I thought was funny. But to, to get back to George's thing, at the end when he's trying on the wedding dresses and everyone's like super pumped, like for 19... Uh, yeah. Oh, not- and that dress was fire. Yeah, it, I was like, this is a really <laughs> like progressive and like good scene for, especially like yeah. I, he, 
it wasn't a transphobic movie at all. I don't know. No, it's it's, it's weird because it starts on such a tone that you're like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. But right. then they actually like let George be a character, kind of. He like it's not a punchline. Like some yeah, people he's are like a, being he can, shitty He's like a good it, friend, but, but nobody, like his like, friends are cool. Like, yeah, it, it's just it, you saw people being shitty, but it, he wasn't. That wasn't the point of him being in the movie. It, like he had his own. <laughs> the yeah. movie was like females, no. Fats, no. This weird table at table night, no. But George, hell yeah. <laughs> even, even, I mean, they did the he the the bit where like, and they didn't even talk about this. Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, where he's talking to the the little fat kid that's all by himself, and yeah. and they set that up, which was nice. Um, the female bit, they don't do a great job. They try, but it really just goes from like being the object of attention of somebody that treats you like shit to being the object of attention that somebody that treats you better. There's no no real like. Yeah, I, I, I think. Know. I think generally just like dudes suck is kind of like some dudes are terrible and the ones that aren't are broke. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back to South Park where money's the problem. Right, yeah. um, so it was money all along. That, that little fat kid, also the little fat kid from Matilda who has yes, to eat the cake. I noticed that. Uh, Jimmy Cars with a Z. He made one other movie and... Um, didn't make any other movies, and he's hot now. So interesting. Nice. Good for him. Interesting. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, it's all for Drew Barrymore. I like that, that everyone just starts grabbing asses in that scene. Yeah, that, I was like, I don't know if not that would fly. That today. would definitely not fly. That today. was the part where I was like, mm, no thanks. Yeah. So that was we had great. reeled Lindsay then, back in, and then we lost her. Weird choice. I was like on the. Mm, this is problematic until Adam Sandler grabbed the little girls hands and yes. put them on his ass. Even I was like, still, oh, this is a, a big, big problem. This is a <laughs> yeah, real right, big yeah. problem. I feel like it like Went started to open the can like, of worms oh, no. and then Adam Sandler was like, nah, I'm just going to pour it out. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, how did they get away with this on set? Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to know who that little girl is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, I mean, fine, but, but guys, think bad. Like, there's a little girl out there who definitely plays Never Have I Ever and is like, Never Have I Ever had Adam Sandler grab my ass. <laughs> Well, other way around, she yeah. grabbed Adam Sandler's ass. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. And she's she's probably like forty now, which makes it even more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kids in this movie are in their probably late th- late thirties, early forties, around there. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just you know, yeah. There's definitely some period stuff that's like okay. Is that 1998 making fun of the 80s? No, I think that's just something that they thought was funny in 1998. Yeah, absolutely. The whole grab ass scene, they were like, this is It's like, that's not like an 80s thing. This is so funny, guys. You know what would make the scene even better? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, to be fair, when they got the old people in on it, it was funny. I feel like like once the old people were in, I was like, okay, this isn't as disgusting. Like, I'm not like creeped out now. I'm like, okay, they're... But, like, could you imagine going to, like, a bat mitzvah for, like, how old are they when they have their bat mitzvahs? 13? Yeah, 13. And you're, like, dancing on the floor with holding somebody's butt. I was like, oh, gosh. 13, I was learning how to braid and still had Barbie dolls. I definitely had a note that was, like, Adam Sandler has 100% done this in real life, like, when he was starting. Like, I guarantee you, at one point, he was DJing bar mitzvahs. Like, I promise you. (laughs) How many? Yeah. I mean, and it's probably the same thing where he's like, oh, there's four Jewish families in town. I mean, he grew up in New Hampshire, so it's just like him and like Sarah Silverman's family probably. In this. <laughs> um, the music in this movie, even even the, even the songs that are supposed to be goofy, it seems like someone who really loved 80s New Wave 
kind of was in charge of it. And they were like, oh, we'll put like some of the goofy like 80s pop songs in here, but they just couldn't help themselves. They're like, actually, we're going to make this soundtrack super killer and everything's going to be fire and we're going to have New Order and Bowie on it. And like, yeah, I... I I love the music in this movie. It's so good. The music is really, really it was good. really good. Every scene and was awesome. Even even Adam Sandler singing is pretty good. Like he's not yeah. a te- he's not a bad singer at all. When he was singing his song for um, and I forgot her name. I'm gonna say Drew Barrymore, Julia, Julia Gulia, Julia Gulia. When she was saying the song that he wrote for his ex, I had a note that was, uh, "Is this a good song or the best song ever written?" Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I love the setup this there. Song where, was cute. I love no, the, no, no, the first song, the first song about oh. Linda. About <laughs> Linda, I loved the, it. The, the setup yeah. there that was song like was also cute. It was it was still good, but. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, I wrote half of it while we were still together and half of it after. And then you're just like, it's like, oh, I know what this is setting up, but it's still funny. Good. Yeah. And I mean, this comes out in the late 90s. So this is basically post grunge at this point. It was heavily influenced by The Cure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like that. That song was good. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. But let's even say with the secure supporting characters, there was a lot of times with the kids where like he'd be talking to him and he's like, I'm fine. And they're like, nervous breakdown, nervous breakdown. Yes. Lost yeah. my shit every time. My fa- every time. My favorite scene in this movie might be when Linda comes up to him. It's it's towards the beginning of the movie when Linda yeah. leaves him at the altar. Are we allowed and- to swear on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not every- as much as Greg, but everybody yeah. gets one. <laughs> So Linda leaves him at the altar and he's sitting on the steps and she shows back up. Like, I, we don't really know how much longer later this is. And the youngest... Uh, or later that day. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest child walks outside after she's like talking to Adam Sandler. And he just looks at her in the face and he goes, Linda, you're a bitch. <laughs> and runs back inside. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> No, that yeah, that's was good super stuff. iconic, especially because it's just like that's what little kids do. Like they hear their adults and they repeat yeah. it, thinking that they're an adult. Like yes. we've had that happen so many times with our uh, your nephews, and I just I thought that was so funny. Not not the same instance, but <laughs> that's that's what everybody's been saying. Who's everyone? Your mom and dad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was so funny, and then like the Dunkin' Donuts commercial made me laugh too. Yeah, I made the donut. Yeah, the. <laughs> Time to make like, the donuts, guy. And then there's you know, a call back later in the movie oh, yeah. with uh, Christine Taylor. Yeah. When, <laughs> when she's talking about how she thinks that Robbie Hart is attractive, <laughs> and Glenn goes, "You think that making the donuts guy is attractive?" <laughs> so yeah, that that scene especially because that's the scene where they sing "China Girl" by Bowie to each other. Um, then, oh my God, yeah, that one has New Order into Bowie. And then blended into uh, the B-52s right as Robbie decides to make like a plan to sort of go along to expose Glenn's cheating. And Rock Lobster by the B-52s is the perfect plan, uh, the perfect music to make like a really messy, chaotic plan to. It's just, yeah, the music in this movie is awesome. Like, let me egg him on the smallest amount. And he was like, yeah, "Yeah, let's do this. Good to go. Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, they just communicate so much stuff with music that isn't even jokes because then when they're outside and Glenn's getting the car and uh, Drew and Adam have a moment and Love My Way by the Psychedelic Furs is playing but when Glenn pulls up the door opens and he's just blasting the Miami Vice theme song yes yeah call back to the beginning we're like oh is that gonna be okay you're gonna miss Miami Vice and he's like summer it's okay reruns <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, God. yeah. the worst such guy. a tool he's the worst <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have him do doing cocaine. I'm very surprised I never saw him do cocaine in this movie. Yeah, they. they it must be PG-13, scenes. right? Deleted mm-hmm. scenes, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, there was a does lot Coke of kids make on it set R or Coke too, probably makes so it R. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, that drug use was big back in that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his brother-in-law, his sister's husband has just What the fuck? What was his head? He's like 70 what years old that? and has like like a shellacked head. I don't know what's going it's, on. Did you like preserve your hair when you noticed you were losing it? Like, I think in the 90s that in like especially talking about the 80s, that's just like shorthand for comedy is this guy's way too tan and has bad hair. Yep. I have and a question. Just, you see him and that's the joke. All I could think of is Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I have a question that's off topic. So when we're at the bar scene, this is what I'm trying to figure out. When we're in the bar scene and the guy shows up, the guy he's she's supposed to marry. Glenn. Glenn, thank you. He shows up. Is that Linda with him in the crowd? Is that how Linda gets to Adam that night? I didn't notice that. I don't think it's her. I couldn't no. tell. It was other girls that were sort of dressed in that same sort of So that's what I was confused about because I was like... Dollar store. So dollar I guy. thought... My brain was like, oh my gosh, that's Linda. I was like, what a sneaky little guy. He sent Linda off to go hang out with Adam and like suck it up for 24 hours or whatever she needed to do to let them have their wedding yeah. without Adam interrupting it. But then I was like, oh, that's, that's too smart for Adam Sandler movies. That's probably not what happened. To Glenn's credit, he's not like um, manipulatively evil aside from the cheating stuff. He's more, I he's- I feel like that just backhanded guy. <laughs> He's not my <laughs> I mean, he's not like he cheats. He's he's not then like he he's not like cleverly or slyly evil. He's sort of just a, a like a douchey dude. Um, so I don't think he's quite. He doesn't have the capacity to have formed a plan. I feel I think. like they he's set sort, the movie he's sort up. of just doing stuff. I feel like they really <laughs> set the movie up for him to be like a total douche the entire time. But you don't actually realize he's like kind of sly about it until when they're at the bar on the double date, because then you're like, oh, this man's also cheating on top of being a douche. So now he's mm -hmm. a double douche. Yeah. I mean, yes. well, even before that scene, I don't think we really notice that he's kind of a jerk. I, we don't see him that much before. When he does, he's kind of buying Julia gifts and he's showing up at the house. Like, we don't see a lot of interaction between them two yeah. before that bar. Scene. I don't know if that's... Oh, is this like yeah. a Rorschach test? I think that might say more about you. That, you know, you notice from square one as soon as I mean, you notice he's a little off, wedding. but you don't know. He's not like a little off. He's no. just like... A, he's like not No, it was the engagement party. If, if, like, if you're ever getting party. married and your partner says something along the lines of, oh, I don't care. You do all the planning. Okay. Cancel so no, the did. wedding. Just cancel the wedding. No, I didn't that's, notice that. That's what we're talking... That's so yeah. I was saying like the engagement party is when you're starting I to pick up on the vibes of like, oh, okay, he's kind of a... But even yeah, yeah. even when they're talking about the wedding planning, it's like if you're going to talk to somebody about planning the rest of your lives together and they're disinterested and they're just like, let's go to like right from square one, you know, take notes, babe, take notes. Something's off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Something's off. But like, look how excited Adam was about planning, not even his wedding. Why does Glenn even want to get married? Like, I understand that. He he thinks that Julie Juliet's putting her dues. That's his his quote. Yeah, but I think there's just why like does a, he just why doesn't he just leave her if he doesn't want to be with her? I think in that world there's just some cachet. There there's two main characters we don't see, and that's Big Mama and Big Papa, and they're pr pressing the societal pressures on both of these people. They're both acting in what society expects them to. Society expects her to get married. Society expects him to get married. He doesn't want to be married either. He'd rather just fuck around, which he plans on doing anyway. It's just this is a box I have to check. I'm a success. Successful banker. I'm a married, mm -hmm. successful banker. Mom's happy. Dad's happy. I think too. There's also something to be said. Like, oh, I didn't get any at the club tonight. At least I can go home and get some. Like that. That's also a mentality that's in the back of his head. Like, yeah. yeah if if I can't get anybody here, I'm definitely coming home to Julia. So, mm. 
And yeah. not in a, I'm coming home to my sweet beloved Julia, but I'm getting some tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I understand what it means. Means to an end. Yeah, I think so too. Um, uh, let's talk about... So I don't know, maybe I'll edit this back in when we were talking about other random sort of side characters. The John Lovitz thing is just very strange when he shows up. Jimmy Moore, I think, is the name. Jimmy Moore, He's yeah. the other yes, wedding singer. That's what, where, <laughs> and that's that's like at the end of the day, it's still Adam Sandler. So it's still like you got to get some SNL guys, and there's Michael's an SNL guy too. Um, and you just like Lovitz is going to come in and cook for a few minutes, and then you're going to set him up as like the sort of rival villain to Robbie's heart and then be like, but that's the only scene he's in. So when that happened and he said, um, he's losing his mind and I'm reaping the benefits. That I, was the best line of the whole movie. Yes. I love that. I wrote a note like, I wonder who's in the back of my mind, my life saying the same thing every time I fuck up. But um, when you were saying like, I wonder if uh, the other guy like set up um, his ex coming. I thought the other wedding singer was going to be the person oh, that did that. I thought he that went out and like got better. her back into it because it kept him shitty. That, but they, he just was gone. I was kind of sad that that wasn't the like, you know what I mean? That would have been such a good puzzle piece for this movie, but Adam Sandler ruined it. So. Have you guys <laughs> ever watched the sitcom, the Goldbergs? No, I've heard of the Goldbergs. Uh, a couple years ago, they had an episode called the wedding singer in which, John Lovitz appeared as his character, Jimmy Moore from 1990. That is so funny. That's really funny. Uh, apparently, there's a Sandler and uh, Barry Moore in it too, but like our, it says archival footage. I haven't seen the episode, so I guess it's just clips from the movie. That's really funny. I want to know whose job was it, it? Whose job was it to close the curtain? Like that, that person deserves a raise. <laughs> That, Perfect timing. That's what yeah. made it so funny was just the curtain like slowly, majestically moving across his body. I was like, this is hilarious. It might be Lovitz. Lovitz is, I like Lovitz. Mm. It's funny. He's fun. funny. I don't guy. think I'd like to watch him as like the main character or anything, but I like him where I see yeah. him. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. He's he's maybe the funniest part of Rat Race. I don't know. And that's just a few years after this. Hmm. Another funny background character that I liked a lot was the lady on the airplane who turned around and was like, what? I was like, yeah. Before it starts oh. the whole. Yes. The whole, she's like, that's that the sweetest thing. And she's back heard with Glenn. Like, I just loved it. Cause I was like, you always have that one lady who's on the airplane. Who's definitely listening to your conversation. And I was like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we, we haven't been too specific about going in order here. So the, honestly, the big scene and the one that you'd pull out, if you pull out any of this movie is the finale on the plane. We had, we already talked about the disagreements that lead up to it, but Adam Sandler makes the uh, dramatic run to the airport as a lot of, you know, romantic comedies have oh, to do. And the person who sold the flight, <laughs> that was great. He loves yeah, the seagulls. That's, that's another thing that's just like, oh, it's 1998 and we're making fun of last decade. And uh, here's a guy with a flock of seagulls haircut. Flock of seagulls, man. No, but I can tell you are. <laughs> yeah. Just the actual haircut. I was like, how much hairspray does that take? It takes a lot of hairspray. Um, so yeah, the, the plane scene. I just, I also like just the funny part about that scene too is uh, it's implied that this guy just came to work dressed that way and he yeah. happened to be the person that boarded Billy Idol onto the plane that he was on, which I just think it's a fun random little coincidence. Something else from that scene that we don't get to see an end to for the end of this movie is when Robbie Hart is buying his plane ticket. He doesn't have the money for it. So his best friend, the limo driver, whose name is slipping my mind, um, has to pay the Sammy. ticket. Right, Sammy? Sammy. Sammy has to pay the ticket fee 
And Julia's sister is there as well. And she, she looks at him and she like grabs his shoulder and she's like, that is so nice of you. Almost as if they're going to get together now. Oh, they, they definitely are. I yeah, think that I was think, implied. I don't know but if it's a I, deleted I scene or something. A wedding, you... like them sitting at the wedding together or like holding I hands at the end. I thought they were. They, well, they, they would have been in the wedding party. They would have been in the party. I'm yeah. assuming they would have been in the party. They were on opposite sides of the altar. Uh, <laughs> Just like a kissing scene or something. But George was Wait, but I thought George would have been in the wedding party and George was front row. So maybe they don't like George, is oh, what we're no. saying. Well, George had dun, to sit with dun, the old lady. So. George it, had to take care of the old lady. And her meatballs. Fair. <laughs> weird weird <laughs> stuff. The scenes that were not needed in this movie was the meatballs being put into Adam Sandler's hands. Oh, man, Sorry the meatball scene was so uncomfortable. That, yeah, that was awful. Sucked. That was another point where I, I was like, like, nope, that. you lost me again. Yeah, so the plane scene. Um, yes, back to the plane scene. Yes, yeah, this is great. So like I was saying, I think this is the thing that is most excerpted from it even if you haven't seen this movie like robbie you knew about this scene at the very least yes you knew that this is what happens he sings into the intercom and i i had like in watching up to the movie i wasn't quite sure i had seen it it was right till we got to the airport and they boarded the plane then i was yeah. like i had a good idea but it was it was still pretty surprising i really liked the way they did that i thought it was very fun yeah it's it's also kind of unexpected because like you think he like, oh, he's in first class. People are going to big time him or whatever. But then everyone's like really supportive. and Everyone's just, like <laughs> immediately in. Everyone is 100% in, including Billy Idol. Yeah, no, I mean, well, and from their perspective, like they probably don't have as much of this petty, you know, bullshit. Like when does Billy Idol have to deal with like the love of his life, liking some shitty guy? He's like, oh, great. I'm going to write a song about this. Like this is actual yeah. real life inspiration. Yeah. I think the, the use of Billy Idol is perfect, too. He's just like a positive guy. He's in for it. Let's I go. With the cars, too. With the, yeah. the, the big guy stands up. Nobody talks to Billy Idol that way. Yeah. Billy Idol just kind of throws his hands up in the air like, right. yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up, Glenn. <laughs> fans everywhere. I love that he chose like not to be a tough guy either. Like He acts like a tough guy, and he comes across as a tough guy, but when it comes down to like actually fighting people, he was completely fine to be like, yeah, no, my fans got it. I don't got to fight shit. Yeah. That was great. Um, the song he sings is 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 very sweet, and they have a nice moment. I, oh, I gotta tell my okay, yeah, that's great, Billy. But can I uh, kiss this girl first? Like, see, <laughs> he's like, I'll do what you gotta do. Yeah, that's oh man, that was a good impression. And she shows you his priorities. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, kissing girls, then making money. <laughs> um, Just in that order. You could say love. Yeah, and this so this scene, nope, I kissing think, girls, not uh, love. Kissing girls. So you're talking about the kind of like way he's talking and the way he's doing his like facial expressions and close-ups. I think he's really good in this scene, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think Drew Barrymore is incredible in this scene, reacting and just like she's yeah, she's phenomenal in this scene, just really selling it. Uh she's great. I don't know. I think if you just showed me like that 10, 20 minute part of the movie, I'd be like, this guy killed this movie. But the whole beginning part, I was like, so yeah, that it, that's why I rated it what I rated it, which we'll sh tell at the end. But uh, oh, I forgot to keep doing that. <laughs> Wait till the end. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let's we'll edit in post. And the way Lindsay rated this movie, like, <laughs> welcome to the world of tomorrow, voice. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> just my voice. Um, yeah. So I think. I think yeah. And speaking and speaking of voices, I just I have to go back to this. The way he talks never did not bother either one of you guys, all of you guys in this movie. It's a, it's like a really way. muted version of what his thing is, and his thing's been going on for forty years. Yeah, I just like was like I, can I you thought he just sounded pretty normal. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, yeah, okay. maybe that's yeah. just me because I'm 
a little younger and I'm used to like run, 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 go, go, go. Like that's, so I was just like, just spit it out already. Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) No, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's still his really sort of mannered thing, but I think he drops enough of it at the right points that it's still can be an effective um, emotional performance at times, which is really weird from him. Mm. And he's only done it in a few other movies um, to uh, to varying success. So yeah, I think this movie kind of opens a door for him to get into more, not just dramatic stuff, but other, you know, whether it's romantic comedies or something, but just st- stuff with like a little more heart, maybe. Mm. Yeah, some more. Um, not that Robbie like- heart. Some more Robbie Hart. Not that he doesn't get the girl and, you know, like, uh, what, Happy Gilmore, but it's still not, you know. I mean, even the water boy, he gets the girl, but that's not right. like a love story. Right, yeah, yeah. It makes it so he can make other stuff now. So I checked yesterday because I was curious. Um, I didn't even think this would be the case, but it just seemed notable on U.S. Netflix that in the top six, the Longest Yard was number six, and Just Go With It was number eight yesterday as we're recording this. People oh, wow. freaking love Adam Sandler. Netflix has identified that their best bet is to have every Adam Sandler movie available and make all of Adam Sandler's movies going forward and just have them on the service at all times. They gave me a big warning. Wedding Singer comes off January 31st, so if you're listening to the cast, you gotta you gotta pop it on. Yeah, I don't know if it's, it's like an Adam Sandler vault and like one more's coming in, so this one has to get out and this one... <laughs> This, he doesn't do the voice as much in this one, so we got to let that go. There we go. There we go. Legally, we have to change our name to Sandler's Streaming Service if we have any more than 72 of his movies. Right? <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we get even within one of the 74, then it's just not good. It doesn't even necessarily speak to quality or lack of quality. It's just stuff that people are like, yeah, throw on whatever Sandler movie Netflix just recommended. Yep. Just put it on. And he's sort of occupied that space for a while, culture. The reason I mentioned Uncut Gems is because Netflix really wants me to watch fucking Uncut Gems. Yeah, Yeah, I think (laughs) you would like it. I really think you would like it. Sure, they a complete change to Sandler. Not not to bring it back full circle again, but just to do like degrees of separation. Uh, Uncut Gems by the Safdie brothers. One of the Safdies also in in, uh, Licorice Pizza by Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed Sandler and Punch Drunk Love. So interesting, you know. You know, the more we do this podcast, the more I realize that like all of these fucks are like directly related to each other. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Seven degrees from Adam Sandler. You know that game. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Sandler, especially, you could probably get to just about anyone who's made a movie in a couple degrees, I would think. Any like bigger plot stuff you guys want to get into before like a general wrap up or? It's called a CD player. It costs $700. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a record. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, just more 1985 jokes. No, Julia, it plays CDs. This is just like, like, excuse me. If you brought like some foreign device and it was like, this is a HDMI, I'd be like, let's just play Switch. No, Lindsay. Well, that kind of relates to uh, what we got from Ben from the white elephant swap. So that's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we, you're right. Not only, not only did we get that fantastic late to the movies that t-shirt on Shameless Plug. What's the website again, Ben? Uh, it's tpublic.com and you can just search for late to the movies. You'll find our storefront. So not only did we get that t-shirt from tpublic.com. Looks but we also, on black. We also got Detective Pikachu um, on Blu-ray and Lindsay said, how do we play this? So, <laughs> I don't know. So I said, we need a Blu-ray player. And Lindsay said, what's a Blu-ray player? So... Very, nobody actually knows. Nobody still knows. debating. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> so what is? I know it's in a PlayStation. I've never seen just a Blu-ray player. 
So <laughs> I, I know you get it from a PlayStation. <laughs> So I know what CDs are. You got to take it out the PlayStation. Are. It looks like a CD. But I was like the generation that skipped over Blu-rays. Like we Everyone went from did. CDs to like the pirating standard. movies no onto a storage. It is the current standard. Nobody, you can't skip them. Except for Ben uses physical media. So now media. I own a movie that is played on DVD, Blu-ray. Is that even what you call it? Blu-ray? DVD? They just call it Blu-ray. It's Blu-ray, See, not DVD. So DVDs are a separate thing. It's foreign. It's in the back of my closet It's supposed already. to be higher definition, I believe. If I'll you take it back. Year, if no. you're not going to use it, <laughs> I'll take it back. It. We're going to watch it. <laughs> there's just a, don't know how yet. <laughs> there's a detective mode, and I'm really curious what that is. Oh, well, you can Maybe come we can over. watch it together and do a podcast oh, yeah, on it. You're a, too far. Do you have a Blu-ray player? I have multiple Blu-ray players. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we live five minutes away. If you, if you own a gaming console made by someone besides Nintendo in the la- from the last... Um, like 13 years you have a blu-ray player we don't have a blu-ray listen player. nine times out of ten i don't know how to turn on our tv because something's unplugged so you're really just not you can also just buy like here. a blu-ray player from walmart and they're like 40 bucks i, think. I didn't know that 40 bucks i was gonna <laughs> assume a flea market but i suppose walmart would have them too <laughs> um, oh, flea market's probably gonna be cheaper i'm going to the flea market i don't yeah. feel the need to defend physical media but you don't you, you don't, don't have to rely on streaming libraries you don't have to rely on you know download speeds and it usually is has a lot of special features, such as the Detective Pikachu Blu-ray, which apparently has lots of special features. I just watch what Netflix tells me I can watch. Same or Hulu. I was just trying to make a real life situation. But like that's how the, I felt. Like I was player. Julia. You, in that and moment. you did. <laughs> and you I did. I was Julia. Ben yeah, you is Glenn. Glenn. He was like, it's Glenn this. Bought us the Blu-ray. And I was like, okay, do you want to play a record? <laughs> Do you want to put something? Can what I put do it I on plug my this into? I literally, I haven't even opened it yet because I'm scared to open it and see what it even looks like. It looks like, it a, looks like a DVD. Oh, it does. Well, it why does. do we call it blue? Is it blue? It is blue. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> well, you converted another one, Ben, <laughs> to physical media. Yeah, I think. Listen, the, uh, if I could find this online for free, then you have to buy me a DVD. Well, player. only if. <laughs> Only if, you, if, if you can find what online for the Pikachu DVD. Only uh, if it has detective mode. I want to know the detective, detective Pikachu. Mode is. No, it has special features and it has the ability to not rely on your internet to watch a movie at a certain quality. Somebody's definitely watching this and is like, "You guys are freaking idiots." Oh, no, it's cool. Cut. We're gonna cut out everything <laughs> besides. The I, like, part I don't think we intended to uh, talk about right. Detective Pikachu for this long. Well, no, but we'll save that for the Detective Pikachu episode, obviously. Yeah, but, well, um, we all watch it in detective mode. Yeah, I'm assuming just like the laser that reads the disc is blue or something. I don't know. It's actually a guy named Ray, and he's in the Blue Man group. Yeah. Oh my god, and he goes inside the console and reads all the discs, wow. and he makes all the noise. You gotta talk to Ray. <laughs> he's in the PlayStation. <laughs> you gotta say, Ray, it's time, and he goes, "Oh, I'm gonna blue myself," and then it's t- and then you get to watch it. <laughs> yeah, technology's it's come a long way. <laughs> So this movie comes out in 1998, and that's why I think there's such a focus on like authenticity and like being not a material person, because obviously the 80s are all about material things. The overwhelming pop culture of the 90s that's packaged and sold to kids who don't know any better is about not liking material things. Four nine ninety nine plus He's, shipping. And exactly. Adam Sandler in this movie does say, this is his quote, this is not from anyone else. He came up with this. It's a material world, and I am a material girl. Poor yes. boy. Right. Yeah. Um, a couple other things. Christine Taylor's super hot in this movie. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who I did not know she's married to Ben Stiller. Who does she play? Hold on. I the, uh, Julia's sister. Oh. Cousin. Smoking. Holly. 
She was a funny character. I thought her humor was great. Like it was definitely what the movie needed after like seeing so many like yeah. feminine treated like meat jokes, like to have it reversed for a second with her. I was like, okay, this is good. This is all right. I feel a little better now. Yes. But I will say that scene was funny because like she had them kiss and I thought she knew exactly what she was doing from square one. Same. Like she saw that they were like into yeah. each other. But then like afterwards, she's like, oh yeah, he's, he's kind of hot. I think I'm going to date him. I'm like, what are you doing? No, that wasn't your plan. <laughs> she is like the female version of Glenn. <laughs> he's on record as he makes a lot of his movies in locations now. So him and his friends can have vacations. Like that's why he keeps pumping them out because they yeah. pay him and he gets to just like go to Hawaii for four months. Yeah. So, okay. It's took Drew Barrymore to Africa for Blended. That was a fun time, I bet. And he just comes out and he says this stuff. Like, I'm not, like, inferring. Like, this isn't, like, a rumor. He's just like, yeah, no, I just picked these locations. Yeah, he's pretty straightforward. He's he's been in the business for a while. He doesn't have any illusions about who he is. I think it was really funny when he was um, not nominated for an Oscar for Uncut Gems. He said, like, if I don't get nominated for an Oscar, I'm going to like retaliate by making the worst movie ever. And then his next movie was Hubie Halloween. So I just thought, <laughs> and I think also when I go, he said, I'm, funny. I think like he said, I'm going to make you loved? all watch it. I'm people <laughs> actually like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said, I'm going to make you all watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and people did. It's very funny. Actually, you know what? I, I didn't know that. Now that I know that I like Adam Sandler one point more. There you go. He has fun with it. He doesn't think he's hot shit. He just thinks people keep paying him and he's yeah. going to keep doing it. He's like single-handedly keep, keeping David Spade's career, <laughs> career alive. Rob Schneider's too, and maybe that's not as good because I think Rob Schneider's kind of yeah. kind of a wacko now. I don't yeah. know. The last few years of you uh, mean the guy that radicalized the a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that, well, that's why Adam Sandler's in 74 feature films because all of those people are, if they're not starring in a Happy Madison film, he still shows up in, in like a half a scene in a David Spade or a yeah. Rob Schneider movie. So anyway, that's why he's in so many movies. <laughs> so yeah. From here, he becomes like the guy, makes a lot of big movies. Drew Barrymore is already, yeah, obviously. Drew Barrymore. That's all you need to know. She's still only in her 40s, but she's still it's, it's hot. insane. She's um, still hot. She's, it's, it's one, one of our true cultural miracles that she seems to be like a well-adjusted, cool person because she had a, just a terrible childhood, growing up with famous parents and being in rehab, I think, before she was a teenager. So, oh, um, Yeah. I don't know. Start, yeah, starring career. Her second movie is E.T. And then it's like no, she's no break after that. I don't know. She's, yeah, she's she in Scream. She is in Scream. She's in Scream. For a little bit. Scream 1? <laughs> scream 1. Yeah, Scream 1. The first scene, right? It was like the first. The very first scene. Yeah. E. She opens the movie. Yeah, yeah she's, she's like get e. murdered. She's the little girl in E.T., yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's her second movie, so already working with Spielberg, but. And she's in a Taylor Swift song, so I don't know how you can get more famous than that. Yeah, she's great. There's a lot of really good stuff with her. We'll we'll do other movies by her. My sister really, really loves uh, Ever After, so we might get around to that at some point. Same year as The Wedding Singer. I don't think I've good year. Oh, wow, good year for Drew. Go good year. Drew. It's time. Um, first off, you can pick any kind of uh, metric you want to use, but I want a rating on this movie based on how you would think someone who hasn't seen it before would like it. Would you recommend it? To someone who hasn't seen it before. Think of that and make a scale out of whatever you want. So should our rating system reflect that or should the rating system reflect something from the movie? Oh, what um, wait, whatever you want. Mm, okay. It's very open-ended. You can even do a rate. If you think there's a big enough separation, like this is a five out of five for me, but I don't think anyone who hasn't seen it before should watch it. Then you can oh, do two okay, different ratings okay. if you want, but try and like make it one but this thing. Isn't, this is a movie rating, not an actor rating. Right? Correct. Okay. Correct. The Wedding Singer, 1998. 
what out of what and of what. <laughs> um, as an overall rom-com and avid Adam Sandler lover, uh, I could give this one a 9 out of 10 as a rom-com. I don't think I would give it a 9 out of 10 out of, like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. But it does what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a rom-com. So 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, okay. Cool. Robbie? All right. So I like that for the rom-com factor. I think I would agree with Kyle's 9 out of 10 because rom-coms are pretty easy bar to scale. You know, you don't really have to like, but I also love everything Ryan Reynolds. So it is an impressive rating for me. I'm putting him right up there with uh, like the proposal and stuff like that. So, um, but I would say overall, I'd probably give it like a, a six out of 10. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm not going to like go out and rave and tell people they have to watch The Wedding Singer. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was really enjoyable. I think if you're looking for a rom-com, I'd highly recommend The Wedding Singer, but. Okay. So I, I was getting nervous there because I was like, oh no, I'm about to start some fights. I did not rate it nearly as high as, <laughs> as Kyle did. Um, so you can imagine how our dinner table conversations go. But uh, I gave it a six out of 10, uh, 6.6 in particular out of 10. I thought for a movie, it was all right. Like, I just think that some of the things can be outdated and are definitely distracting um, for me particularly. But I think for a romantic movie, like, it's definitely what you expect. I wish, like, some things kind of happened a little quicker. And I think if that was a little faster, there was a little bit more, like, plot development. And further along, especially with, like, the side characters, then I would have rated it a lot higher. But definitely, like, a 6 out of 10. Like, something you should see, but it's not the end of the world if you don't. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's uh, for me an above, uh, definitely an above replacement level romantic comedy. I think, based on the chemistry that Sandler and Drew Barrymore have, um, it is above average for sure. I'd probably be right in that range, uh, seven and a half out of ten. I would okay. say something like that, or uh, maybe like five out of seven cans of hairspray. Well, that's a perfect score. I was gonna oh, go with either uh, Gulias or Singing Sandlers. Oh my Whoa. gosh! Well, you can do it out of that too if you want. Oh. That's great. <laughs> Six out of six out of ten. Six Goulias out of ten. I don't know. You know, what? I'm gonna change my rating. I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. Steve Buscemi's. Mm. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that too. Fun fact about Steve Buscemi. I don't know if everybody here knows every this. fact about Steve Buscemi's fun. <laughs> but when uh, when nine eleven happened, Steve Buscemi he'd been a volunteer firefighter for before his acting gig, and he just uh, put on his uniform and he signed up and he started helping during nine eleven. And um, oh, you didn't. I wonder if my you, dad knows him. He did the same. You you don't you didn't even find out about it from the media because he didn't tell anyone. There was just random photos of like the first responders, yeah. and somebody picked one out, and they were like, "Is that fucking Steve Buscemi?" <laughs> and he was like, "Oh yeah," and he just explained that's what he did but it was amazing it was you didn't hear about it at the time it was multiple years later where he was like yeah i just felt like that's what i had to do but you should ask your dad that's really cool that he did that yeah too. my dad used to work in new york as like a guardian angel so like a police officer but not with like the actual like rights and licenses mm -hmm. so like they worked with the police but like they were kind of like looked like just regular guys on the street but he actually met some pretty cool people doing that so i wonder nice. he has not met adam sandler no mm -hmm. but he has met um he did tell me a story a couple weeks ago about meeting trump yeah and i was like oh way back when Nice. Intriguing. So um, there's a board game that I, I recommend because I'm about to rip it off. It's called Chronology. And basically what I it is. I at school. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, I You're a history in, teacher. I play so it in sure history class. Yeah, no, when I need some extra time, we play some chronology. <laughs> You're a history student. He's, so. he's actually still in school. Um, basically, you get a card to start with, and then it's sort of like a trivia game. Uh, the card has a year and an event on it. Then someone gives you an event, and you have to say if that happened before or after the year on your card. Once you get more cards, then you have to say before, after, or in between. So, this movie came out in 1998, but it's set in 1985. I'm going to 
list some different things and you have to tell me if it is before 1985, in between 85 and 98, or after 98. Okay. Cool? Can you repeat the years again? I'm sorry. Uh, 85 and 98. You have to say okay. before both, in between, or after both. Okay. Um, and uh, we're all sitting pretty far apart, so just like be honest about what you thought it was, okay? <laughs> and whoever gets the most right at the end wins. Um, yeah, everyone can get points on everyone, so there's no way to make it like an odd number or whatever. Um, we just do up, down. Middle. Yeah, I'd say up, down, middle uh, with a thumb. So, I think that's good. You guys ready? Yeah. <clears throat> 1999 by Prince. Did it happen before 85, between 85 and 98, or after 98? I feel like this is a trick question. Oh, three, two, okay. one. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three, two, one. So this is same. This is after. Yep. Yes. It is before. It came out in 1982. That sounds right. Everyone has zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, the first year that Beanie Babies were sold. Okay. Okay. I think I got this one. You got it? Mm-hmm. All right. Three, two, one. Shoot. Uh, Kyle and Robbie both get a point. It came out in 1993, so it is in between. Uh, the invention of slap bracelets. Okay. As someone who has slapped a few bracelets... Ew, I don't, don't know when that. they came out. <laughs> so it's <Ew>. gross. <laughs> You're not coming home with me. I don't like how you said that. <laughs> all right. Uh, three, two, one. Oh, we're all on the same page. Look at us. Are we all wrong? Probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they all guessed before. It's actually in between 1990. So, the first slap bracelet. I know. I thought it would be in the 80s. That was the only good thing to come out of the 90s. Yeah, I know. Not any of us. <laughs> That's for sure. So there's a bunch of jokes throughout the movie about things that like haven't happened yet, but are going to, they have like the couples that have stayed together forever, like uh, Mia and Woody and, and all that. And then there's also um, one about Van Halen where he's like, Oh, I hope Van Halen never breaks up. So what is the year of the last studio album that David Lee Roth recorded with Van Halen? Jesus. Okay. Um, Three, two. Oh, now Lindsay's counting. You both said after? Yeah. Lindsay yeah. said in between. It was after. It's 2012. Oh, what the heck? What else do we got? I'm trying to pick ones that'll be like a little easy before we get the hard ones. Sony's first disc man. These are the easy ones? Yep. What's a disc man? Uh, later, later name changed like to a CD player. The Walkman? Yes. Later, the name was changed to a Walkman CD, but originally called a Sony disc man. Disc man? Three, two, one, shoot. Everyone's going in between. Kyle's going before. Kyle's the only one who gets a point. It's 1984. Oh, man, they did it in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but was it that year? Did they make a portable one yet? If it's $700 at home, I don't know. That's why I was saying middle, but ugh. You guys keeping track of your points? I have three. Kyle has three. You have two, because we were tied going into that one. You have two. Zip. Lindsay has zero. (laughs) Still anybody's game, because there's three left. Okay. The first... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book is published. Nobody liked Turtles before 85. Mm, I remember reading that. Three, two, one, shoot. I lied. I picked before. Why am I always the person who doesn't have the same answer? I think Kyle tricked you on that one. Uh, Robbie and Kyle both get a point. It's 1984 also. Everyone loved Turtles before 85. (laughs) 
Um, the former graphics group becomes the independent Pixar Animation Studios. Okay. I love Pixar. I'm ready to get it wrong. So Let's go. Before 1985, after 1998, or in between. That's what we're looking for. Three, two, one, shoot. Oh, we're, we're all, all on a different answer. page. Everyone got a different answer. Someone's got it right. I'm oh, almost positive it was I'm nervous. I'm sweaty. My hands are sweaty. Kyle gets the point. Yeah. It's oh. 1986. Damn. Damn. I'm no longer an independent studio, now a Disney subsidiary. <laughs> but so mm-hmm. two questions left, Ben. Just remember who's driving you home today. Okay. Unfortunately, there's, there's one, one question left. Oh, man. <laughs> Even more important. I heard uh, it's but this one's, points. This one's <laughs> worth seven points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, if you remember a previous answer, this one might help you out. The first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. I saw it. Was that the first, though? Probably, maybe. There's many. I don't know if that one was the first <laughs> one. I know many. which one you're thinking of. All right, ready, guys? Three, two, one, shoot. Ooh, we all have different answers again. Right, row. Robbie gets the point. Woo! It's 1990. Still lose. Still lose. <laughs> no, that one Wait, was worth no. seven points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Robbie so wins. Win. Champion. <laughs> I feel like I deserve this. <laughs> uh, I really don't have a tiebreak plan, or I'd say it was worth impressive. whatever one would have tied you. Yeah. What's more impressive, though? Robbie's like 12 points or my zero? It's true. But that, <laughs> statistically, you're zero, I think. Statistically, with only three options to choose, I think my zero is So, yeah. so how many, how Kyle wins the game, there? Robbie wins the fake game, and Lindsay wins the moral game. <laughs> how many questions were there? Um, I didn't even count. Hold on. Nine. So statistically, you should have gotten three just guessing. Nine times. Wow. I am not going to buy a lottery ticket today. <laughs> or maybe do. Maybe or maybe do. do. Maybe. Yeah, maybe do. <laughs> maybe do. Okay. Pick the number nine. Thanks for coming on, guys. I hope you had a, a good time watching this movie. Yeah, I did. Good. Yeah. I love Adam Sandler. I will watch any Adam Sandler movie. I'm not going to say that. I will watch a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Not any Adam Sandler movie. I know a few of like them. A, right. a finger not curls on the monkey's paw and Huey yeah. Halloween starts playing on your Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only movie that plays for the next that's my poll, but I know people really like that movie, so maybe it's... I've I've heard it was bad, but maybe that was just from you. It wasn't for me because I think I always couch it as like, but a lot of people like it and you know, okay. so I, don't maybe know it wasn't you. I haven't watched it, but I've heard it was bad. You know what? I think Corey also told us it was bad. So like I was saying, thanks <laughs> for being on the episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> had a lot of fun. This was fun. A lot this of tangents. Fun. It was nice to open that can of worms, that deep, dark secret. I have that maybe, you know, one day I could like Adam Sandler. Yeah. But you know, and next we're going to watch murder mystery. Um, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. I think you're really going to like that one. I think that's a... If anybody cares about me, you'll abduct me. <laughs> I think it'd be funny if I um, delete every other reference to you not liking Adam Sandler and just keep the now that everyone knows like my deepest, darkest secret. And then, like, and then the <laughs> part about abducting That should be the opening. You. I can re-record it for you Perfect. if you're opening. Yeah, that, that works too. Um, but- so now that everybody knows my deepest, darkest secret, it's <laughs> your opening line. Uh, so you can get us... Um, any any mail you have that you don't want, or um, if you want to actually give us feedback or ask any questions, you could you could do that too. Our email is late to the movies at gmail.com. That too is the number, not spelled out. Same thing with the Instagram, late to the movies underscore podcast on Instagram.com. Um, follow us there, buy our shirts on T Public. I don't know. 
Why not? Follow us there, not in real life. I'm laughing because I realized you said <laughs> for any mail that you don't want, as in like put my email on, on websites for mail you don't want when they ask for it. I like wasn't even exactly. thinking that way. And I was like, why are we sending our trash mail to Ben? Oh, I've like, already signed the podcast up for a number of newsletters. <laughs> no, just just sign us up for terrible newsletters. Yeah, yeah. Give I us some check the email. Noah does. So. Coupons. Coupons would be nice. Say, I'm, hey, I'm a, Noah. I'm a horribly sensitive person, so Noah checks in case there's any negative feedback, and then he sends me the good stuff. Mm, that's nice. Uh, so far, the only email's from me. Well, if you guys have any movie recommendations, any suggestions, definitely shoot us an email. I highly second this shirt comment. I'm wearing Shirt's my good. dope, epic, late-to-the-movie shirt. I feel fly AF right now. About to go watch some Blu-ray DVDs. You know, I'm living my best life over here in this T-shirt, so I definitely recommend uh, purchasing one. That's looks, a great looks way to Looks good end. in black. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hasta luego.